I'm sorry, what? Everything with me is a whole thing. It's not a half thing, that's for what sure. A, what an incredible piece of non-speech. <laughs> just nothing talk. You ever just say words that... I do I that mean, so much that I feel like what I imagine a crazy person feels like. Does that make me crazy? Yeah. So I heard you got a bike. Yeah. A bicycle, if you will. I want to ride my bike. <laughs> yeah, I got a bike. I haven't ridden a bike in years. But it's one of those things you pick up and it's just like riding a bike. Yo. <laughs> Talk about non-speed. <laughs> that was so platitudinal that it landed in the same place where it started. <laughs> That's my intention. <laughs> we got to get back home safe. <laughs> I'm doing so well that I'm doing well. Yeah, but it's good. What did it feel like to ride a bike for the first time in a long time? You know, it felt it was... It was basically euphoria. Wow. Not not to drop references, but uh, it felt amazing. It's like, oh, this is what like living feels like. Yeah, I really enjoy riding bicycles. Did you know there was a point in my life? I don't know if I've ever told you this, where I wanted to become a professional bicycle, like a, a trick bicycle guy. <laughs> oh, like BMX? I, uh, not BMX, but like trick biking. I asked my parents for for Christmas for like a like a you know a dyno, which is a, like a GT bike with like a gyro and four pegs on it and like gr- like grinding places to put your feet it's like a trick bike you know wow <laughs> for like the better part of maybe two years i rode that thing all over the place really until i realized i'm fucking huge i'm so big <laughs> yeah that like <laughs> someone should have told me like you're too tall to do this but my parents you know, supported me and yeah. How it, it was expensive oh, i was in fourth grade so, so like even re- then you were between like fourth and fifth grade, maybe even all the way to sixth grade. I you know I could like spin the bars and step in the tire and spin my bike around. I could bunny hop and I I, did, I learned a bunch of tricks. Wow! And I also realized through that process I'm sort of a pansy. <laughs> I can't take a hit. So like anytime I would fall, I'd be like, I, I hate this. Why do I am I doing this to myself? Yeah, that's a bit of a learning process, I imagine. But I do enjoy. Uh, I could manual for a while as well. Remind me who Manuel is. <laughs> uh, he is when you pop your front tire up or your your back tire, depending on, and then you can just kind of you can balance and float there on that tire. Oh, not for moving, but an extended period of time. Now stationary is a different thing, but um, I could do that too. I could I could pop a wheel up. That's sick. And like hop on the back tire, totally useless. I I jumped a curb once <laughs> on accident as a kid. You mean the time that you blew out both of your tires no, no, twice in one no, week? No. No? Now on my bike. I tried to ride a skateboard once, too, and promptly fell off. Skateboards are hard. I, I give props to people who can skateboard because I never was able to. I can longboard, though. I can I can get on a skateboard, longboard, and long skateboard. Good for you. We should do that sometime. It's fun. I, but, like, if you put any sort of uh, incline or decline involved, yeah, I, yeah, I don't want it. I want flat surfaces only nobody around mm-hmm. i don't want to break the board in front of anybody yeah or my ass it's a tough <laughs> it's a tough life being tall as punk, i am being punk rock it's tough <laughs> so we're doing another music episode today is that right yeah uh i'm actually shocked we're not doing more music episodes uh but like i've said many times there's just not as much music these days I mean, maybe it's because of the pandemic but that really inspires me Right. And, and a lot of times I'll find a few albums a year that really, really uh, inspire me and motivate me to want to talk about them. 
And I just haven't had a lot like since over the course of doing this podcast. So that's why there hasn't been more music episodes. But yeah, this is my favorite album last year. I've been wanting to do it since last year. It just came out in November. So we're not like too far behind. Just a few months. It's your favorite of the year, huh? Favorite of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. I I couldn't find a better album that that hit me both musically and also thematically or lyrically. And I was surprised by it because I've been a fan of this band for a long time, but I, you know, I just, I didn't expect them to put out another banger. So mm-hmm. they have been around for a bit. Yeah. But this album that we're doing today, another music episode is called, I don't live here anymore by a band called the war on drugs. Not to be confused with the war on the drugs. war on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> is that still going? Are we still in a war on drugs? Probably. That's crazy. Yeah. Let's just talk about this really quick. Just jump right into it. Let me just ask, am I forcing you to talk about this album and no. this band? No. Do you like it? I do like it. Okay. I I had a, a good friend of mine, Sebastian, showed me, I think it was him, The War on Drugs like in high school. Oh, uh, that's awesome. I think it was high school. I forget what album it was, but I instantly fell in love with the sound. And as far as I know, I haven't listened to the earlier stuff, but I feel like The War on Drugs, despite like it getting better all the time. It always, it feels like war on drugs. Yeah. You know, they have a distinctive sound. They have a sound. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, I feel like this is an amazing album. It's probably, I don't know if it's my favorite album of last year, but yeah, when you got me listening to it, I couldn't really put it down for a while. Oh, that's awesome to hear. I didn't know that you felt that way. Yeah. I mean, I've been playing it since I first heard it. And like I said, I've never been the biggest war on drugs fan, but this album I think has solidified their place in my heart. You're uh, pro so drugs. To speak. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pro war on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, let's talk about them for a second. Like you were just saying, they're one of the most, like in my opinion, one of the most consistent band, like in tone and sound. And they have always kind of had this quality to them. Such heartfelt lyrics, so poetic and beautiful. Um, the genre would be very like Americana, but it's it's what I would call sort of cruising, driving, mellow, purposeful, semi-electronic. Similar to the eventual stage that came from like the four-piece band music like we were just talking about with the Beatles. So they don't get very much outside of drums, guitar, bass, vocal, that kind of thing. They do have like synth and keys, but what? It's not, it's not too experimental. Yeah, it's not crazy. But that's why it's good. I mean, imagine having just those at your disposal, just those aspects of music making at your disposal and making hits like one after another. And this band is that, and they're really gripping because of that. How would you classify the genre? If you could like give it a word, would you just Americana? Is that like part of rock though? Yeah. It's, it's what this kind of rock is. So it's, it's like songwriting rock, like driving rock that almost sounds kind of country, but not. Mm -hmm. So it's not country. It's not folk. It's like driving rock like this. Could that be like... By by driving, I don't mean in a car. I mean like the song drives forward in like a very steady way the whole time and and just continues, like I said, like on an incline or like I was talking about biking, like on an incline. Is that like a Midwestern uh, origin of sound? Not not really, I don't think. It's, It's a very specific style, but Americana is... Very much like, and John Mayer has aspects of Americana in his music, bands like that. But I think the thing that sets the war on drugs apart 
the most is the emotion that comes through listening to a song by them. I think the emotion kind of sets them apart and makes them very unique because you really feel the passion of the lyrics and the song, everything the way it comes together really puts them in their own category, in my opinion. Yeah, I can't think of anything else that would be at that caliber. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. So this band consists of a lot of members. <laughs> the lead guy, his name is Adam Grandusiel. Grandusiel. And he's the vocals and he writes and stuff and does the guitar. David Hartley is on the bass. Robbie Bennett is on the keyboards. Charlie Hall is on the drums. John Natchez is on the sax and the keyboards. And then Anthony Lamarca is on the other guitar. And... Eliza Hardy-Jones also does keyboards and probably sings a bit. And then there's a bunch of past members. So I'm just going to list these really quick. Kurt Vile, uh, he helps start the band with Adam, Adam Grandusiel. Kyle Lloyd, Angela Flegel, Mike Zangi, Zangi, Stephen Ergo, and Patrick Burkery. So like I said, the head dude's name is Adam Grandusiel. I love that name a lot, that last name. Grandusiel. Grandusiel. Sounds regal. I want that name. Yeah, it's not as cool as my last name. <laughs> but he came from Oakland to Philly in 2003 and met Kurt Vile, the guy, like I said, who started the band with him. And there they started writing uh, music in Philadelphia. And they geeked out about Bob Dylan. No surprise, because Adam's mm. voice is super reminiscent of Bob Dylan's. Yeah. Like, almost to a T. Uh, the early name was The Violators. That nice. then became The War on Drugs. Uh, Grandy Seal said, after a night of wine and typewriters... Uh, I think he said they were, they were like exploring the dictionary or something and they came up with the name war on drugs and thought that was a sweet band name and they just like stuck with it. The dictionary led them to that, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. The first album that they made came out in 2008. It was called wagon wheel blues. Kurt Vile departed the band slightly after that to pursue his solo career and took two other dudes that were in the band with him pretty amicably like there wasn't like bad blood between him and adam that's nice and then after that they had a bunch of band changes one drummer recorded their next album uh slave amp um, ambient yeah. i don't know ambient i've always said ambiance but it's ambient right yeah if it's if okay. it isn't a t <laughs> slave ambient came out in 2011 so that was around that time they also gained a keyboardist at that time robbie bennett who is still with the band today they put out an EP called Future Weather. Then in 2013, they came out with a third LP called Lost in the Dream. This is where I first came into contact with the band. There are so many good songs on that album. I think, yeah, I first heard one of the singles off of that, and I was like, oh, this band's dope. I think that was also the one I was thinking of. Yeah. 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 I listened to that on a drive up through Shasta into Oregon, and nice. that was like a perfect accompaniment. A good memory, yeah. 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 That's what music's all about is like kind of you have those memories and those songs are attached to those locations, like physical geographical locations in the earth, which is really interesting. Uh, then a huge moment for the band in 2015, they signed to Atlantic Records, which is a huge record company. Hopefully you've heard of it, listener, <laughs> uh, for a two album deal. Then in 2017, they released their first single from the upcoming album, fourth LP called A Deeper Understanding. And the single was called Thinking of a Place. This is a great example, in my opinion, of the band's amazing ability to make you forget time. 
Their music and their songs are so immersive in feeling and storytelling that you get lost in the song or the mood, and you forget how long the song has been going on sometimes. <laughs> the song is over like 11 minutes long, I think, and that was like the first single, but beautiful the whole way through. So this is exactly why it's difficult to cut up the music for me in this podcast and present it to you guys, because it's like every song is an experience and uh it shouldn't be journey they shouldn't really be broken up like this or like you're about to hear so i'd urge you as a listener to just go listen to the music but i would say even the artists you know the war on drugs themselves wouldn't want me to cut around their songs because part of the experience of the song is the journey getting to the place that's like the driving point of the song so anyway then holding on was the next single from that album i personally like the song pain uh, it was my favorite song from that album, Strangest Thing and In Chains. I also saw the band at the Hollywood Bowl in 2019 uh, during that album. Nice. It was a good time with my brother. A Deeper Understanding was nominated for International Album of the Year at the 2017 UK Americana Awards. Then at the 60th Grammys in 2018, A Deeper Understanding won the Grammy for Best Rock Album. Nice. Nice. <laughs> then in 2020... They announced a live album called Live Drugs, uh, which was a result sort of of the pandemic. The pandemic. Mm. Pandemic. <laughs> Why is that not a nickname? The pandemic. Pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> then we get to this album. It's I think it's their fifth LP. Yeah. If I was counting correctly. And it's called I Don't Live Here Anymore. And it just came out in October on the 29th of last year, 2021. So it's actually, you know, only about five or six months old. Eliza Hardy Jones, as a keyboardist, also joined the band with this album for the tour. I Don't Live Here Anymore started to take shape in March of 2020. It was in the works for a while up to that, but obviously some other stuff that started to take shape in March of that year happened. Uh, COVID. <laughs> I've heard of it. Have you heard of it? <laughs> Have you had it? Yes, the both accounts. Uh, and it took a while, but eventually came out a year and a half later. Adam has spoken about his process and that they get together and work and are meticulous as a band, mm -hmm. but also allowing room for the songs to breathe and take shape uh, as they need to. It's an organic process. Yeah. You have a lot of band members to consult. <laughs> I would hope it would be natural. But I guess Adam has also become a father recently. Mm -hmm. Adam's kid helped him during this album he wanted to cultivate a fresh perspective with music and this new perspective try to keep a, a sense of curiosity and excitement i guess sometimes you get stuck in the rut when you've been doing the same thing and 10 12 14 years into his his career i think his kid gave him the opportunity to try something new and yeah he brought that energy with him into the studio and they started making things it probably reinvigorated his drive not just for music, but also just, you know, in life. Life takes a new shape, as I'm sure you know well, Stephen. New colors you see every day with your kids. <laughs> True. Drive seems to be our word of the day today. Drive. <laughs> there will be more words to come. I Don't Live Here Anymore also features Lucius, a folk pop indie band featuring two women, Jess Wolf and Holly Lasig. Lasig? Yeah, I don't know. Lasig. Something like that. They are on the title track, I Don't Live Here Anymore. And their presence on that track, maybe it's because it's only on the one track, but it really adds a whole new element to that song. Yeah. And to the music they make. 
and really makes it stick out. Sure. Part of that process with Lucius was he, he was talking about how he knew a little bit of what he was going to say lyrically and had them record it months in advance before he actually finished the lyrics and then went in and recorded the lyrics for the song. So I thought that was interesting. That's an interesting process. I think that's pretty unusual. It is. Yeah. He, he's like, I kind of have an idea of what I want to say here. So just sing this. And then like, like months later when they came back to the song to record his vocals, he like heard them accompanying him when he got to that part of the song and he was like almost taken aback by it because he forgot <laughs> that he had them sing that. Cause I guess they were like in the, the studio for just like a day or two, yeah. but yeah, they add a lot to that song. And it definitely is, it's my favorite song on the album, personally. Anyway, the title track for a reason. The titular. So from this point, we're going to talk about the songs, and then we're going to play them for you. So I guess so. Something like that. I don't remember how we operate. There were a couple things as I was breaking it down a little bit more carefully the other day, thinking about it in a more analytical sense, which I should say, if I haven't already, is not usually how I approach music. So hopefully I can go toe-to-toe with Steven here a little bit. There is no toe over here on this There you have 10 toes right now. (laughs) Um, So do you. But I, music for me is first and foremost always about like a sensory experience and uh, even emotion, like even outside of lyrics. Sometimes I don't even really pay attention to the words in a song. I'm just kind of letting the sound wash over me. But it was interesting going through this album because there were a lot of words that pop up. Yeah and ideas in every song almost Mm -hmm. uh and it seemed like this album as a whole i don't know if just for adam himself but maybe for the band uh maybe for the rest of the members seemed to be a lot of uh self-reflection and introspection and some of the key words or ideas that were presented over and over were uh something we like to talk about a lot or at least is maybe very personal for you which is control and loss of it (laughs) loss of control <laughs> story of my life uh that word control as well as memories yeah. and the idea of running away from something mm-hmm. or running to something to something yeah. running is very important dreams storms rain and storms and darkness play a huge role as well in this album and then totally contending this is something that i sort of extrapolated from those things the idea of contending with inevitability and Letting go of the past, or trying at least to let go of the past, uh, and looking for peace, trying to find peace. Beautiful, dude. Those are great extrapolations. Yeah, so that'll, that's it for me. <laughs> <laughs> see you later. See you next time. <laughs> so the, uh, let's just hop into it. The first song is entitled Living Proof, and it's a little bit slower acoustic, and piano comes in. He doesn't even start singing for the first like two minutes. But some of the lyrics here are, what have I been running from? I've been gone too long. I can't go back. I'm always changing. It's funny because every single line from him almost sounds like a declaration. Yeah. Like that's kind of how he writes his music. But a lot of the times the way that he sings them or says those things in the song, like I said, conveys the emotion behind the declaration that he has written. Mm Mm-hmm. And really makes the song what it is. So frequently, artists use that first track as like a warm up, but it really seems like he's just bearing his soul out. On, yeah, on the first go here. Sure. Yeah, and then the drums finally come in at uh, about three minutes and twenty seconds, and they hit a tiny groove for that kind of carries the rest of the song. And then he says, "I'm rising. I'm damaged. 
And the guitar on the end reminds me a lot of uh, Nils Klein from Wilco. So there's a lot of kind of how Nils plays the lead guitar in the band Wilco. I haven't listened to a lot of Wilco. Uh, it's on my back. Is, is very reminiscent here. Like throughout the whole album, he's there's kind of that kind of meddling on the uh, lead guitar. Living Proof is beautiful, but it's it, it maybe one of the less War on Drugs. Yeah. War on Drugs songs. Sure, sure. I agree. But here it is. But I'm rising. So the next song is Harmonia's Dream, and it starts off with like a synthy sound that reminds me a lot of the song Bastion's Flight from The NeverEnding Story. Really? <laughs> yes. It's so similar. Ba- sorry, it's called Bastion's Happy Flight from <laughs> The NeverEnding Story, which which makes it even better. <laughs> um, but but yeah, then the drums kick in for a groove for the rest of the song. And then he says these really, he says amazing lyrics. I'm just going to read some of them. I've been here before, crossed so many roads, running and returning. In a vision, you're a ghost in black and white, a silhouette in blue and green. I lay awake at night and wait for you to come, but hanging on so hard, I can't let go. Sometimes forward is the only way back. I love that line. Mm-hmm. And that's where the big swinging chorus comes in, I think, for the first time on the album. And that's where you go, oh, that's right, I'm here. Yeah. It's a War on Drugs album. Yeah. <laughs> We're back. Yeah, there's a, there's a huge three-note synth lead that comes in close to like the three minutes mark that carries through, through the rest of the song. It's just so beautiful. It's one of my favorite parts of the album, actually. And then the acoustic guitar comes in with a double time rhythm being plucked. And I think it's just sort of in the right stereo speaker. And it's little textures like that that really make me think uh, that this album is something special. Like, it's something that makes me feel like there's always something new to discover. I love it. I'll have to keep an ear out on my next listen for yeah. those little things. It's like, it reminds me... I mean, listening to the war on drugs reminds me of that. Like sometimes if you, if you listen intently, you're going to like hear something potentially new that you've never heard before. Ideally on a nice piece of hardware. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I guess sometimes my car doesn't really deliver the left and right. Uh, your 1999 Toyota Camry. No, it's not that old. It's a civic. Oh, civic. <laughs> 2004. It's just, it needs some loving to really bring out the... You love uh, that car a lot. Yeah. Anyway, here it is.
The next song is called Change, something I do not face well in life. I do not change. I do not handle change well. I like change when it's thrust upon me. I like change (laughs) when I see it coming from a mile away. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough to do. Or actually like 100 miles away. Mm -hmm. I like change as a concept. (laughs) I like watching other people change. We get a lot of promises of change. But yeah. Yeah, there's a guitar with a chorus effect uh, that comes in at 228-ish. And it really takes the whole song into a whole new direction, into something new. And where, like, like I was saying, where these songs end up, like versus where they start, is always so astonishing to me. Mm-hmm. The melodies and grooves in the middle are always so amazing that it's like you can't just start there. Like, you can't just start in the middle of that hook. The whole experience of the progression up to that point is is the journey, and that's what makes that hook so impactful. When you hear it, you're like, wow. This is like a really uh, like amazing part of the song, but you couldn't just start the song that way. Um, you have to earn it. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's kind of the whole experience of listening to the war on drugs is kind of waiting for these little moments to pop through. You know, I like the lyric later on where he's lamenting being born in the wrong time <laughs> and place or in the, lo- in the wrong way even. Cause I often feel like I'm uh, in the wrong yeah. time and place. <laughs> disjointed I see you sort of right now phasing in and out of existence like back to the future and here it is change Track four on this album is called I Don't Want to Wait. It's a slower jam, and it gets a very 80s electric piano drum kit kind of beat that starts it off, and then... I instantly thought of Phil Collins. Yeah. Some of the lyrics here are, I don't want to wait, but I'm turning to you. I don't want to change, but I'm running out of time. I don't want to wait. I'm running to you. I'm starving. Am I breaking you down? Show a little faith when I'm running to you. Again, that theme of running really plays here. And like a, a fuzzy electric guitar lead comes in around 340 and sort of jams a little bit before we hear the, the really large chorus one more time. The chorus has these really, I don't know how to explain this. He's like, it's almost like these large punches of the chords. It's like, terrible, but like <laughs> the, I see what you're going for. And so like, it's those punches that make it this really powerful song. Yeah. And because you really feel it, it's one of the, it's one of the in my opinion of the whole album, it's one of the most feely points. The deep cut, like you really feel the power of that last chorus because of the punch of those chords. Because it's really just like a bing, boom, boom, like and you and you hear that like in such a large way because everyone's playing together. Yeah, that distorted guitar solo stayed with me for a while. It's like it had its own voice. 
It was a it was a member of the band in that moment. <laughs> that guitar. For sure, yeah. The guitar speaks a lot on these songs. It's kind of bluesy. Yeah. So here it is. I don't wanna The next song is called Victim, something Gabe is often recovering from. I was going to say it was my favorite song. I, it was actually, because we're only like halfway through the album. Yeah. But I think five. Victim up to that point was the one that I was like, even outside of a thematic uh, perspective, I was like, oh, this sound uh, is pretty, maybe my favorite yet on the album. Yeah, Victim's one of the more unique tracks. They kind of break away from their kind of usual like I said, kind of like mellow driving force of how they create music. And they start with kind of a tremolo effect and soft synth pads. And then another escalating piano synth lead comes in and carries you through the verse. And then in the second verse around the two minute mark, it goes from what you think is the normal speed of the song and then picks up double time. So it almost sounds like it just goes double the speed. And what that is, is it's uh, indicated through the frequency of how often the snare is being hit. So it seems to like speed up and it does in a matter of speaking, but it technically doesn't because the drums just go from hitting every other snare to uh, hitting every time the snare reaches in a new measure. Um, it's a trick, Steven. Yeah, it's a little saying? bit of a trick. And it's super crazy because from that point, the lead guitar comes in and, and sort of seems to scream like a really heavy guitar effect as he sings who are you for the rest of the song yeah it's a six minute track yeah and it goes on and there's some more great riffs at the end with these like you said synth or moogie sounds Ooh, moogie very moogie you know what a moog is i i'm a, I'm a bit of a mooger here's here's gabe going like i don't know anything about music i don't know how to talk about music and then i try to hit a couple buzzwords every cast just to make you know like ever, oh ever heard of a moog Listener, if you don't know what a Moog is, every few months Google I go, will help you with that. I was just, I mean, I don't know, I can't remember if it was because of this song, but I went on a Moog rabbit hole. <laughs> I went inside of a Moog rabbit hole the other day. And you I was were like, inside the Moog? I was like, curious about Moogs. So I started Googling Moogs and wow. I, yeah. I was like, learning about the Sound. inception of the Moog. Yeah. And it's pretty awesome. My cousin used to have a band and they had a Moog and they would play all the time. <laughs> someone who doesn't know what a moog is it's like, like what the hell? what's happening <laughs> yeah good good luck it's a, finding it, it out it's a groovy jam and this it might even still be my favorite track i have to do a retrospective at the end of the cast and see <laughs> good running song yeah true and here it is Cause I keep chasing everything 
halfway through the album, here is the song I Don't Live Here Anymore featuring Lucius. The title track. But man, do I love this song. It, it feel, This song feels so uplifting. Mm-hmm. Um, you got those big 80s drums, kind of like Phil Collins-ish, like you were saying. Come in with like a, a groovy electronic guitar lead, and then another lead guitar comes in with even heavier freestyle playing. And he sings, I never wanted anything that someone had to give. I don't live here anymore. I went along with the wind. And then at 2.10, like half, like a little bit into the song, once again, a new melody comes in and feels almost like a chant in a way. And he says, beating like a heart, I'm going to walk through every doorway. I can't stop. I need some time. I need control. I need your love. I want to find out everything I need to know. And I, I couldn't, control. I couldn't relate more with that <laughs> sentiment. Yeah. And then it has this huge chorus ending again with Lucius accompanying and singing in unison. Beautiful stuff. Absolutely that. deserving to be the title track. I love this song so much. Yeah. It's a jam. And here it is. Next one, this next song is called Old Skin, something Gabe is also familiar with. What? <laughs> oh, no. I don't know what that means. Uh, no, not really, no. <laughs> I love older women. <laughs> I love old skin. <laughs> we're so weird. We were talking about cannibalism and Silence of the Lambs earlier, so. Yeah. It's it, trending. It makes sense to us, yeah. It's never been, it's never been. A cannibalism has never been as <laughs> Cannibalism is trending. <laughs> Can we leave this in? Should so. we should we leave this in? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> so Old Skin is the mellowest song yet. It's uh slower but beautiful. Very synth pad textury. Uh builds and builds to an a sort of an anthem at 240, the drums and the instruments kick in, and you can hear the passion in his vocals and, and what he's singing. He says, Now I'm on the run, baby. I sound so awkward saying that. Just look at me when you say it. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm on the run, baby. And I don't know why, but the fear gets too much to take. Doesn't matter just how hard you try when you feel so far away. And then he goes on to say, I'm talking of the old time feeling dead this way. And then that carries you through the rest of the song. Yep. Here we go with control again. I swear it controls in almost every song. It's crazy. Yeah. Like Adam's really like, this is me, guys. Well, the whole idea of like, you know, I don't live here anymore is sort of a control issue in of itself because you're, you're trying to control your scenario saying, I don't want to live here anymore. So I'm going to I'm going to declare that I don't live in this place emotionally, whatever. It's like Shia LaBeouf when he put the bag on his head. <laughs> exactly. I'm not famous anymore. Yeah. 
but he was, and he he still is. Well, is he? Did we cancel Shia? No, we might have canceled Shia. No, and we've done the opposite of cancel Shia LaBeouf. We've forgiven him. What comes around goes around. Anyway, here's uh, old skin, old skin, old skin, old skin. <laughs> I was born in a pyramid By an old interstate Oh my God, where do I belong? Can I make it day to day? This next song is called Wasted. Something Gabe is also familiar with. No. <laughs> These jokes are getting old. I'm sorry. <laughs> old skin? Um, I don't want to drag you in. It's a very fast song, apart from Victim. I think it might be the fastest song on the album. Beats per minute-wise. Around 135, a new kind of melody comes in. And he sings, I know it's getting late. I don't want to hesitate. Never want to make you wait so long. Why am I saying this like this? Then another new melody, a little after two minutes, very chorus-driven, sort of anthemic, comes in and uh, really drives the song forward. But unfortunately for me, I think this might be my least favorite song on the album. There has, really? There has to be one, but yeah, I think this might be it. Wow. Wasted. Yeah, because all the other songs mean more to me, personally. Yeah, I get that. It's still good. It's another great song, but it just... You know, it's not, not my... There's got to be favorite. one. There's got to be one, yeah. But I don't skip it, because why would you? Especially if it's on a, a running playlist. You know, it's got that up-tempo, big explosive third act. So, got to have it. <laughs> you would know about that. I would know. Here's, here's the song Wasted. God <laughs> Next song is called "Rings Around My Father's Eyes." Mm. Something gave us money. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> it's in the name. 
we're cutting onions in this song. The emo, yeah, the emotion from the picture, kind of painted with the title of the song, is is very present. Um, it might be the slowest song on the album, and it's kind of a ballad. There's a storm outside. My walls are raging. Yeah, there's coming a coming back down in the hardest way. You want to say that again? Do I? <laughs> <laughs> The lines, uh, I've never really known which way I'm facing, but I feel like something's changed. There's a storm outside. My walls are raging. <laughs> They're coming back down in the hardest way. It's pretty emotional. Yeah, yeah. Oftentimes it feels hopeless, but yeah, the war on drugs sound mm-hmm. kind of brings it the other way. The lyrics get to a place where it says, there's a rain protecting me. Almost, like, almost using like rain as like this protection. Yeah. Uh, rings around my father's eyes, light above the morning sea into darkness. I will reach, uh, fall into the ocean deep just to bring you back. Could be to his dad, you know. Yeah. And oftentimes in this, in their music too, I'm not sure if they're who they're talking to, whether it's like family or yeah, a lover, or a lover or a dad, or like you know, or if it's like more metaphorical and it's just like maybe he's talking to himself. Maybe he's talking to you. Maybe he's talking to me, the listener. Yeah, or no, you as Gabe. Maybe me he, as Gabe? Maybe he knows you. Maybe he's, th- maybe he's your stalker. Now that's Truman Show. There you go. I'm not the center of the universe, dude. Despite what you tell me. There's a ring protecting me Rings around my father's eyes Light above the morning sea darkness I will reach Fall into the ocean deep Just to bring you back No one really knows Which way they're facing Till they're coming back down Which brings us into our last song on the album. Rain. Occasional rain. Occasional rain. It's occasional. Yeah. Following I, the theme of rain. I made the note. It's the thematic roundup. We're bringing it all, we're bringing it all home here mm-hmm. in occasional rain. Storms. Loneliness. <laughs> seeing it from the other side. Yeah, lyrically, this song feels like a cap on everything he was going through in the album. Like talking about control, change feeling of wanting to change but being stuck hurt wounded etc no one can relate (laughs) then around the 230 mark it gets double time again with the with the drums and the snare the snare drum as it drives the song sort of into this declaration and he says the lyrics or sorry he sings the lyrics feel the storm coming on feel the darkness at your gate live the loneliness of life keep on moving at your pace Ain't the sky just shades of gray until you've seen it from the other side? Oh, if loving you is the same, it's only some occasional rain. You know, that is to say, it's not always as dark as it may seem sometimes, which is, I think, a beautiful way to end the album. You know? It's uplifting, or at least encouraging. You know, yeah, because it's, like, it's, it's, it's like him saying, it's not always this dark. You know, it's it's only a kid. You know when it seems like it is. Yeah, there's actually one of the ending songs on a Wilco album does a very has a very similar theme. Little fact. That's Americana for you. Yes, that is Americana for you.
your pain Live the loneliness of life Keep on moving at your pace Ain't the sky shades of grey Until you're seen it from the other side Oh, if loving you's the same It's only some occasional rain This here it is. This is my favorite album of 2021, and we're bringing it to you in 2022. <laughs> and if you haven't heard it, well, check it out. Go listen. Yeah, please check a check a look. Click it. As Gabe likes to say, check a look. Check a look. Anyway, I don't live here anymore. Yeah, go check it out. There it is. Uh, by the War on Drugs. Thank you, the War on Drugs, for continuing to make amazing music. Yeah, every album of yours is a gem and this by far is one of the best gems you have created a song for every season <laughs> is that like a league of legends thing or no it's a it's a some, it's comedy from uh oh it might be like eric andre or something check a look aragorn what eric andre who's that or andre the giant no andre 3000 3, <laughs> no <laughs> Wait, watch. I'm going to Google check a look. Watch. Watch. Watch me Google. It's a bit from... Uh, this has become a bit just check now. Check a look. Check a look. You started saying that in one of our... Oh, it's from the... Uh, you know what it's from? Earliest episode. It's, but it's from uh, E3 from like five years ago. You know the E3 conference? Yeah. There's a developer publisher, Devolver Digital, who always do this the craziest like weird sketches as their presentation. Yeah. And one of the things that the, the presenter kept saying was, check a look every time they are about to show off a game or a property. What? And it's just, it's stuck in my mind because it's so stupid. But it's so funny to me because it's not It a doesn't thing. sound it's, real, yeah. It's like we're, it's what I said at the beginning of non-speech. It's, it's just incoherent, like, yeah. Yeah, but but at the same time, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Check a look. Check a look, listen. <laughs> Give a click. It's so funny how little things that we see in life kind of end up being like part of our psyche to the point where it just becomes part of our everyday. Most of my brain is just remnants of absurdist comedy sure, bits sure. from the last 20 years. I would argue the same. I still quote like Dane Cook from 2005. That was vintage Dane Cook. Old YouTube before it was YouTube. Back God. when it was E-Bomb's world. Like the golden like years that. of internet. Before it ruined our children. Thank you, internet. <laughs>